0: You're watching Community Conversations, a Conker TV production.
1: Hi there. I'm Jim Weber from Concord TV, and I want to welcome you to this episode of Community Conversations. Um, we have a very unusual episode today. Um, oftentimes, we're talking to one nonprofit or one person about, you know, a special event they have coming up or a fundraiser. But today, it's it's we're actually talking about a building, and the subject becomes a little bit more complex because there are a number of people involved, a number of stakeholders. Um, And there's also been a lot of interest in the community recently. uh, You may, if you read letters to the editor or letters in the monitor, you may have seen this. Uh, There's some activity going on surrounding this building. So today we're gonna be talking about the Concord Gas Holder. Uh, Its formal name is actually the Concord Gas Light Company Gas Holder House, but you don't have to remember all that at this point in the show. It's actually becoming kind of an architectural landmark. It's it's a historic structure. Uh, We're gonna look at the background of this building, why it was built, what its purpose was, and how it fits into Concord's history. Um, We'll also talk about why there's community interest in it today. Uh, Is it gonna stay around? Will it be preserved? Um, Who has interest in this and what what would they like to see happen? Uh, Is there future? future potential for the building and what would the possible uses be? So and then after that we'd kind of like to look at what is happening now. Where is this project, if indeed it is a project, progressing and um, how can we help it get there and maybe there's some action that community members can uh, get involved in too and we'll probably wrap up with that at the end. But first I'd like to introduce our guests. We have some wonderful guests that give us very brilliant perspectives uh, on this subject uh, right at the outset, Uh, we have uh, Liz Durfee Hengen with us. Liz Durfee Hengen is an independent historic preservation consultant based in Concord, who for the past 40 years has worked on projects throughout New England. We also have Althea Barton with us. Althea advocates for historic preservation citywide with her work from the Kimball Jenkins uh, estate and school, and she's a volunteer with the Pinnacook Historical Society, with Abbott Downing Historical Society, and with the Concord Preservation Alliance. And not finally, but we have Tim Sink, who is the president of the Greater Concord Chamber of Commerce with us, who will be able to give us a a terrific perspective on uh, potential future options for the gas holder building. Now, throughout the show, you're going to be seeing pictures of the gas holder on the screen, and we'll change them from time to time, hopefully not too distracting, but to give you different uh, looks at it in the present and also in the past as well. Um, I grew up in the south end of Concord, and this was before the days of, you know, mom's shuttle service with the SUV. So I remember riding my bike around the area, you know, far and wide during uh, the late 60s, early 70s. And I remember passing this building many, many times. Uh, For a while, it was actually kind of, uh, I'll say that the the spotlight was taken by a metal gas holder which was behind it, and that has been taken down. Um, Probably with good reason, the the gas holder that that is there, at least from my point of view, is, is much more attractive. Um, so I'm not going to say too much more about that, but I want to start with Althea, if you could give us some idea of, you know, what the gas holder is, where it is, and how we look at it today. What does what the public, what do they think when they look at this building, if you could help us out with that?
2: Sure. Well, thanks so much, Jim, and thank you for to Concord TV for having us on and for all the great work you do for our city. It's really wonderful how you capture uh, so much of what's going on. Um, so, uh, the Concord gas holder, you know, the first time I ever saw it was the first day I drove into Concord in 2020. Um, it, cause you can see it from the highway. You can see it from 93 as you're driving up from the South. Um, it's really visible, um, on the skyline. Um, it's a big round brick building mm-hmm. with a kind of conical roof and a, a, a cupola that's tilted. Uh, legend has it that it, it got tilted in the 1938 hurricane, I think. Um, um, and when you see it, you wonder, what is going on with that place? Is that some kind of carousel? What could we do in there? What's happening in there? Um, but it has not been used for a long time. Um, um, it's uh, It's been... Um, closed up and um, uh, it's unique. I'm sure Liz will talk to, speak to the the history of it and what makes it um, the only one of its kind in the country and possibly in the world. Um, But from a sort of uh, um, uh, person on the street point of view, um, it's just a really cool structure. I've talked with many, many people who grew up in the south end of Concord who, as you said, rode their bikes there just to catch a look at it. Um, um, People whose parents worked there when it was a functioning um, gas holder building. Um, There is a lot of collective memory around the place, um, and that makes it a really, really special place for for Concord. It's also, was built in 1888. Um, It has some beautiful brickwork uh, it has a, uh, a very, very um, special roof made of slate from Maine. Um, all of the elements of the building were built by our people. Um, um, it has a lot of heart and soul in it. And mm-hmm. I, I think that makes it special.
1: That's amazing. Um, especially how the connections to the community still exist through families and people who remember and, ha- and have stories. Um, that's something that, you know, I don't know. I really think of, it seems as though to me, someone comes in and plunks it there. Um, Liz, could you tell us what, how, when the building was built, how it actually worked and and what did it do? What was its purpose?
3: I'd be delighted to talk about that. (laughs) It was built in 1888. And in fact, when you walk by it, just take a look above the doorway and you will see the date inscribed in a granite date plate but it was built to hold manufactured gas that was made by, from coal. And by 1888, most larger towns and cities were served by gas plants because gas was a key fuel to provide lighting for a city and for industrial and residential buildings. It was also used for heating and cooking. The gas holder builders were always round And that made them instantly recognizable and symbols of progressive communities. And Concord's was, and as Althea said, it still is a landmark on the skyline. Now, interestingly, you wouldn't know it today, but Concord's gas holder was part of a long industrial corridor that stretched a good mile and was the city's economic backbone for more than a century. From page belting up in the north end, where leather belting was made produced, and this belting was used in factories all across the country, to the Abbott Downing Company in the south end and not very far from the gas holder building. At Abbott Downing, world-renowned stagecoaches were made. All of these buildings relied on gas that was held in the gas holder. And there were multiple industries all along this corridor, as I said, dependent on gas to light and to heat their factory buildings. Concord Gas Light Company purposely put its gas holder close by the railroad tracks as the needed coal arrived via rail. And yes, the railroad station and the enormous complex of repair shops that stood south of the gas holder were equally reliant on the manufactured gas. When natural gas came in, it ended coal gas production. So coal gas was last produced at this site in 1953. And since then, the gas holder house has remained empty and unused. But these buildings were once incredibly common. In fact, Concord had three of them. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: However, today, There are only 14 left in the entire nation. And Concord is the only one of that group, the only one in the country to still have its inner workings. And I'll just add by saying, because of its extreme importance, it is listed on the National Register of Historic Places. And while that's a huge honor, it does not protect it from demolition.
1: It's amazing to me that these buildings that were uh, seemingly created for a utilitarian purpose as time goes by, uh, you know, maybe it's just because they become somewhat special or unique and Concord has the only one that has its inner workings intact, Um, but they have a beauty to us that may have not have registered on people at the time, you know, in the sense it was a style of, the architecture that they used. But looking back at it, uh, it uh, and I think the word has already been mentioned, cool. And I've seen this come up in print a few times in relation to how we're looking at the building now. Um, Tim, in addition to the cool factor, what uh, future possibilities, potentialities are people looking at for this building since we don't need the coal gas anymore uh, what could it be used for, or could it be used or you know does it have does it have any purpose or a number of purposes that might be useful to the community and as a center of attraction for you know commerce you know
0: yeah, sure. So before I get into that, I just, um, I'll mention that having been in Concord for about 35 years now, I cannot tell you mm-hmm. the number of lamentations I've heard over the years about the loss of the railroad station mm-hmm. and what that meant to, to Concord, that, that loss that we, we, we can never get back. So I think a lot of people are putting this in that kind of a perspective, that this is an opportunity and that we may be a little bit more awake right now in terms of what's happening and the importance of preserving this so it's not as though we haven't been looking at options and actually there have been a number of options that have been looked at over the years currently because of the um uh, the urgency there's a mayor appointed uh committee that has been taking a deep dive into this and althea barton and liz hangin are both members of that committee as non-city councilors, as as am i so we've um been working with uh, consultants and taking a look at at what could happen on that site. There are a number of different opportunities. This is a challenging project. There are environmental issues. um, And those environmental issues are going to be there no matter what. So, um, So this committee is kind of looking at what those potentials might be beyond just Uh, taking the easy way out and demolishing the building and putting a cap on the site and and wiping our hands and moving away. That may be the cheapest approach, or it may not be, but we're taking a long-term look at this. This is a southern gateway to downtown. It has the potential for a monument. It has been looked at by by very uh, viable developers, people like Alex Ray from the Common Man restaurants, um, Rusty McClear. Uh, mm-hmm. former owner of at In- Mills Falls. They looked at it as a possible site for a restaurant, commercial site, a distillery. Um, we've talked about the opportunity to create a park here with a monument. And Liz had mentioned that it's close proximity to incredibly significant historic structures in and historic locations i mean the Abbott downing is is Mm -hmm. right in that same neighborhood also looking at the possibility it could be residential properties and preserve the building itself Mm -hmm. personally i'd love to see something happen so that we could actually get in that building and make some some sort of a commercial use Um, that's probably the most challenging most expensive Uh, Approach to it, but there is a lot of discussion going on right now a lot of creative thinking. I think the City Council Has been um, very open to what might happen down there. There has been an anonymous contribution to help get us um, moving in the financial direction and that that was really very good news to hear and The owners Liberty utilities has been at the table. Um, They obviously have obligations to their shareholders, but they have been um, listening and you know, listening to the, the, the gentle um, persuasiveness that we've been using to really put some resources into preserving that site. It's got some challenges in the short run in terms of making sure we get the building through the winter because there's some, you know, some issues with the roof and those are not easy fixes. But there is tremendous potential with this site. And again, I'll just go back. If, if we lose this building, I think it's gonna be something that you're gonna hear people, Complaining about for a long time to come that we lost an opportunity to preserve a very historic structure.
1: I think that that makes a, a great deal of sense in terms of, you know, the future potentiality not only of the building but areas that surround it. Um, and I, I think the one reason perhaps that this is getting a lot of maybe you can speak to this, Tim, as well. Um, you know, community interest in activity is. Uh, It seems to me of late, there's been more appreciation of the historic elements, the Victorian style, um, the railroad era background of Concord than ever. Uh, I'm sure that could be argued by other people who did preservation work in the twenties and thirties and forties, but it seems to me that there is just a terrific amount of energy surrounding uh, preserving the identity of concord and and the beauty of that uh, I'm from concord in this area but I had lived in pasadena california which had an old town that was of railroad era with you know brick victorian buildings that were three four stories high it had a similar look to it and they identified their old town in the same way and made sure that they would preserve as much as possible and make it work for you know the commerce as well as the identity of the community, so you think there's? Do you think there's renewed interest in um, preserving things in the community of that era?
0: I think there's a, a, a much heightened sensitivity to losing historic structures. Mm-hmm. In it over the past ten or fifteen years, um, there are many other examples besides, besides the train station. But um, from a chamber of commerce perspective, um, Concord is rich in history. It has a wonderful stories to tell, and it can be a cultural center for the state. So New Hampshire's second largest industry is tourism. We have the opportunity to really um, promote this community as a historic and cultural center. So maintaining that particular structure, I think is really important to Concord's story. And we can add so much more to that, but losing losing that would be, um, it, it would be a real loss for the community. And it would, it would take away an opportunity to bring people off the highway, and tell, conquer the story.
1: I think that's true. And as you mentioned the highway, as Althea had, you know, when you, when you turn that bend as you're heading north on 93, of course, when I was a child on the right, you had 20 billboards, but those are gone now. Uh, <laughs> but on the left, you look up and it's almost as though there's a castle on the hill. You know what I mean? And when you look at the, and that's, that's the gas house. And I noticed the other day, uh, we were up for the Winterfest that uh, in the wintertime it's even more visible you know which is which is just great but it draws you into uh the community in a way that you know other towns don't have something like that uh that is very identifiable so it does it does have that kind of gateway sense about it um Mm -hmm. Althea maybe you could speak to that a little bit more
2: Sure, I I, I would definitely wholeheartedly agree with what both of you are saying. Um, You know, if you look at our gateways, so the southern gateway to downtown is the Gas Holder House. The um, northern gateway to downtown at exit 15 is Kimball Jenkins, and a number of other historic uh, buildings in that area, the Concord Historic District. Um, um, Also very visible as you're coming off the highway. Um, and it really helps to define uh, that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we mm-hmm. mentioned Abbott Downing. Um, they have, uh, they are uh, the Abbott Downing Historical Society is in the process of of um, taking the city stables, which is mm-hmm. in the west side of Concord um, near the high school, and mm-hmm. um, making those into a Concord Coach Museum. Um, and then further north in Penacook, we have the Penacook Historical Society, which has, of course, its own uh, heritage district. So uh, there is there is so much written richness in the city, as as Tim said. And um, I hope that the the publicity and the attention that the gas holder house is getting um, will um, um, you know r- rub off on other properties around uh, Concord and help us become that that historic destination. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, you mentioned the um, the anonymous donation that the Gas Holder House has been pledged. Um, uh, That's a $500,000 pledge um, and uh, it's a significant amount of money. Um, You know, it's good for the economy. Uh, These kinds of projects, I'm sure Tim can speak with to this better, but they they create jobs, local jobs, <laughs> high-paying jobs in in uh, these traditional crafts and trades of of um, caring for the the slate roof um, and uh, the the brick work and the other aspects of the project. So uh, there's so much benefits to our community overall.
1: I think that that's completely true, and when I uh, have been looking into this a little bit, I'm just overwhelmed by the complexity of answering the questions that this project, you know, potentially brings up. You almost have to look at the end result and work backwards and try to fit the pieces in along the way. Uh, It's not just taking one step and then another step and then another, they all have to be fit together as you move along. Um, Liz, this is out of the blue slightly, but is there a historic, is there an educational aspect to uh, preserving the gas holder and this part of the community uh, for the future. Maybe we can relate that to the Albert Downing Museum to a degree as well. So.
3: Well there's always an educational aspect to reusing mm-hmm. any older buildings mm-hmm. and I think it's important to think of education as being integral to daily life and not mm-hmm. a, a thing that happens yeah. off on the fringe. Right. Um, I have, I don't know of a single successful commercial district in the United States um, that doesn't have a component of historic preservation mm-hmm. to it. And um, they, are ju- they just go hand in hand to really making, a, making people understand that they belong to a place, they actually belong, and it has a quirky unique identity, and here's what it is. Mm-hmm. And um, there's no better way to just build the fabric of a community than to look at the past and how to integrate it into the future.
1: Beautifully put, beautifully put. Um, Now, before we wrap up, can maybe we all speak to uh, what can viewers do if they're interested in finding more about what's happening now, um, what is going on with the project, what future potentialities there are, and something specific that they can maybe either contribute or do personally. Uh, jump in.
3: <laughs> sure, I'd be happy to jump. Oh, I'll, st- <laughs> I'll start by mentioning the website. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a Save Our Gas mm-hmm. Holder website, saveourgasholder.org. And um, that has all sorts of good information uh, to learn more about the project, to learn more about the building, how to stay in touch. There's a petition there to sign, to pledge your, or to show your support of it. Uh, There's a way to donate to cover just some of the smaller administrative costs Mm -hmm. that we've um, encountered along the way, lawn signs and so forth. Mm -hmm. And there's also a way to put forth ideas and suggestions you might have.
0: That's great. Tim, you had something? Yeah, I was, um, I think Liz covered that really well. The one other thing I would mention is that the city task force even though they've already delivered the report to city council and it's been accepted by city council, mm-hmm. uh, the mayor wanted to extend the life of that group to continue to brainstorm and, and advocate. Mm-hmm. And that when that committee meets, it's open to uh, non-members to participate. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the chair, uh, city council of Byron Champman, is very good about allowing public input uh, once the business of the meeting is, has been wrapped up. So I would encourage people to keep an eye open for those meetings and feel free to jump in and participate.
1: Sure, so there's, and Althea, you have anything to add on that? Or in terms of what the public might be able to do as far as participation goes?
2: Uh, well, those are great points, and I've been very active on the grassroots level. There's a huge amount of interest. We have 100 yard signs out, and we've had, uh, I don't know, close to 1,000 people sign the petition. So the more the better, the more our city and Liberty Utilities know that we care about this place, uh, the more likely that we'll have a positive outcome. I would also invite everyone to um, Kimball Jenkins is having a, an online event on February 16th. Um, It's about the gas holder and our restoration project and the other um, historic sites around the city to just sort of give an overview and look at some of the techniques that make these places really, really special. Um, um, And call your city councilor, write write a letter to the editor. Um, The more we talk about it, the more chance we have of of saving the place.
1: That's That's great. Thank you so much. Um, I just want to thank all of you for helping us today to sort of continue awareness about this project and also let people know, even though this program is likely to be rerun, um, it's a developing story, you know, so (laughs) it doesn't stop in time. Please keep checking your newspaper, check online, please go to the website. As Tim said, they're inviting public participation um, in uh, events at City Hall related to this. Uh, which may be available online as well. So please uh, keep looking out and please uh, look into this, these beautiful buildings, especially this is a one of a kind in the country. So, and it has an urgency I'm hearing uh, to this story that has to be addressed and focused on. Um, if we wait too long, it it could be lost. Uh, we may not have an option as time goes by. So uh, it's very important. Thank you all so much for being here. Uh, Conquer TV is great. Very grateful for your participation in community conversations. Thank you. Could yes, I say
2: one one other thing? Yeah. I'm Thank sorry, you. and I know we're running out of time. Sure. But yeah. but you you mention mm-hmm. um, you know the threat. There is a threat that that liberty will demolish it. They've they've talked about many times. Mm-hmm. Talked about pulling a demolition Mm -hmm. permit. So that threat is always on the horizon or still on the horizon today. Mm -hmm. So yes, please do what you can.
1: Please do what you can and do it now. There you go. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Liz. Thank you, Althea.
2: Thank you. Thank
1: you for watching.